0: Coming up on this episode of the C10 podcast, we go in depth on leadership and mentoring with a seemingly unlikely source, actor and comedian, Kansas City's own Rob Riggle, who offers his key to being a good leader.
1: What I've discovered over the years is it all it all starts with you. It starts with you. So, don't look outward. If you're going to be a leader, start with yourself. That's where it all begins. That's that's your foundation.
0: Rob Riggle's on deck for the C10 podcast.
1: Welcome to the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Dayton Moores, See You in the Major Leagues Foundation. Each episode of C10 brings inspiring, thought-provoking, and educational conversations with Kansas City area community-minded individuals. We dive into leadership and mentoring and how those can look for each of us in our own communities. And now, on with the C10 Mentoring and Leadership
0: Podcast. Welcome in to the C-10 Mentoring and Leadership Podcast, along with Max Useler, I'm Matt Folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll click the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And of course, wanting you to be a good friend and good family member, we hope that you'll share this with your family and friends. While you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you like it, we hope that you'll leave a favorable review. And Max, as I've told people before, if you don't like it, uh, well, keep that to yourself. Or you can let us know, and we will, uh, we will do what we can. But, you know, Max, I'm really excited about today's guest. As it's, it's actor and comedian Rob Riggle.
2: Kansas City's own Rob Riggle and his other actor friends from Kansas City have raised millions of dollars and brought a lot of attention to Children's Mercy Hospital through their annual Big Slick event. We recorded the interview on Zoom for a session with our C10 students and mentors. We had four students on the live interview, and I know at least one couldn't believe that we were able to get Rob Riggle, but seeing Rob in his Shawnee Mission South Class of 88 t-shirt could have been a clue to those who know where and when you were in high school. Of course, it didn't hurt when we showed them a basketball team photo from when you were in junior high.
0: Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. That was a rough stretch for me and my growth and development, I guess. But, uh, so yeah, we got a big kick out of that. And I've known Rob since seventh grade at Indian Creek junior high school. And, And then through our graduation from shiny mission South and, uh, we reconnected somewhat in, in about 2005 when he was on Saturday night live. And I was doing some freelance writing for the Kansas City star. And, We've done some interviews since that time. So, you know, the, the cool thing is that Rob is one of those people who's who's really easy to pull for. He's just a nice Midwestern guy who cares for others. So it's, you know, we talk with Dayton about cheering for other people's success. It's really easy to cheer for Rob's success. Well, besides growing up
2: in Kansas City and graduating from the University of Kansas, Rob is a retired Marine who's been a correspondent on The Daily Show, a cast member on Saturday Night Live. He's been in multiple movies and TV shows and is a regular on the NFL on Fox pregame. One thing that surprised me the most from the full interview, as I think it did some of our students and mentors, is the depth of Rob's thinking. In fact, the first podcast with Dayton, which you can access if you haven't already, he calls Rob brilliant. We see this funny guy on the big screen, when it comes down to it he's really impressive and spoke directly to his audience which in this case was our group of C10 students
0: exactly so so max you mentioned the quote unquote full interview and the full video interview with C10 or 4C10 was it was about an hour long uh, it included as max mentioned four of our students listening in and then each one got a chance to ask rob a question toward the end a lot of what rob talked about was geared toward our students and we want to honor Rob and all of our C10 students by leaving a lot of that conversation private and the the students and, and mentors have had a chance to watch the full interview, but we've pulled the discussions about leadership and mentoring and a couple other topics for this podcast. We start off by asking Rob who is a, you know, a diehard Royals and chiefs fan about those world champion chiefs.
1: It was fantastic. <laughs> How many times have you watch the game? Well, I go back and watch a lot of clips. Yeah, it was uh, it was special. I went to my first Chiefs game in 1975, and I've been heartbroken every year from 1975 until this year. Yeah. So it was glorious. We've had so many bad breaks. It was nice to be on so, By the way, had the Chiefs not won the Super Bowl this year, this would officially be the worst year ever. <laughs> <laughs> but since they won, it's it's, it's all right. I can, right. We'll get through it.
0: But it, it seems like a year ago since they won it. It's been so long since we've had sports.
1: That's, it's it's
0: painful. When you were these students' age, were you dreaming of, of being an actor?
1: Um, not necessarily. I didn't know what I wanted to do. When I got up to college, when I went to KU, I had to start asking questions like, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to make a living? What do I... When, and then, you know, so then you go back and you start asking, well, what do I, what am I good at? What do I enjoy? What, what, what makes me get excited? I, I really enjoyed acting and I enjoyed comedy. So I, uh, and, or being on the radio or television some way, I just enjoyed kind of being out there on the stage. Uh, so that's why I ended up becoming a theater and film major at KU. But then you, you ended up going in the Marines, I'm a very patriotic guy to begin with. I just I, I am. I think I think this this country has a lot to offer. We're not perfect, but we are. We'll, go shop around. I think you'll you'll find that you'll want to come back here. <laughs> I I had my pilot's license. I, I I got my pilot's license when I was pretty young. I think I was twenty years old. And I got my pilot's license right there in Lawrence, Kansas. I took a test called the AQTFAR test and scored well enough on it that I got a guaranteed flight contract with the Marine Corps. So I thought, well, that sounds fun. You know, when you graduate as a theater and film major, you're going to be a waiter for a long time, or you could be top gun, top gun waiter, top gun waiter. So I, I thought I'd uh, do that. So I ended up uh, going through officer candidate school and, and then taking my commission when I graduated and, that's how I ended up in the Marine Corps. Then, when I got in the Marine Corps, I made some other decisions, but that's how I got in. You know, one story that uh,
0: that I don't think really gets told enough. Back in September, we actually studied 9/11 a little bit. We had a couple guest speakers come in, and uh, mainly from the media, and talk about that time. And one was Jeff Chedia with the NFL Network, who was living just a few blocks away from the towers. But I mean, you you literally were on at Ground Zero for a few weeks. And it, it kind of changed your path just a little bit. I mean, back to the Marines, I guess.
1: Yes, I was living in New York City on September 11th. I was, I had just, I had just left active duty, uh, and I was in the reserves. I was in a reserve unit, MTU 17, which is stationed right there in Manhattan. It's the only reserve unit in Manhattan. I was pursuing comedy and acting in New York at the time, but I got a call from my commanding officer. Of my reserve unit saying, hey, we just got orders. that we're, we're activated. So tomorrow morning, uh, put on your utilities and report to Ground Zero. We're going to be part of the bucket brigades uh, working on the search and rescue. I reported down to one police plaza the next morning, which is very close to Ground Zero. It's close to City Hall. They gave us a, a little surgical mask and we marched in and they they put us uh, I was I was put on the southeast corner of Tower One, I believe. And there was an old Burger King that had been smashed out because of the falling debris and the, the World Trade Center. And that's kind of where our unit set up. We, we set our backpacks and we set our stuff down there at the Burger King. And then we climbed up on the rubble piles and started handing buckets up and down because at that time it was still search and rescue. And the rubble was six stories high, six stories of rubble. Again, we didn't know if anybody was under there, so you couldn't bring in any heavy equipment because we didn't want to create any cave ins. So everything had to be moved by hand. So that's we, it was, you know, firefighters and policemen and and military folks and other folks, and we, we just made a bucket brigade. So it looked like ants going up a hill. And we'd pass the buckets up, we'd fill them up, they come back down, and we just kept doing that for, well, 12 hours on, 12 hours off, 12 hours on, 12 hours off for six days. I think it went from the 12th to the 18th. And then after the 18th, they declared it no longer search and rescue, it was search and recovery. At that point, they pulled us off the rubble off the piles and they were able to bring in the heavy machinery with bucket loaders and scoops and they could bring in heavy trucks to put the debris on the trucks. And then the the trucks had to take the debris out to barges and dump them on barges. It was a process. It was a long process. And then I continued to work down at ground zero, but I was working uh, as a liaison with the military helping coordinate the military efforts down there. I stayed down there until about September 30th. Um, I had an unusually high security clearance at the time. It was a green badge. So I had a top-secret security clearance with a skiff clearance, which is even higher. So I knew uh, they were going to be needing people, and I was a young captain at the time, and my country was just attacked. So I volunteered to go back on active duty, and it didn't take long. Central Command picked me up uh, on November 10th, the Marine Corps birthday, and I reported to Central Command, which is down in Tampa, Florida, on November 17th. And then November 30th, and this is all 2001, November 30th, I was in Afghanistan. So it it all happened like that very, very quickly. And then I I served my year and I came home back to New York um, around the end of 2002, beginning of 2003. And then in 2004, I got on Saturday Night Live.
0: Your commanding officer in Afghanistan, if I remember correctly. In Afghanistan, Max Bowers—is that who you played in um, Twelve Strong? Twelve Strong, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. It's, it's a small world. When I when I reported to Afghanistan uh, again, I was a you know young captain. My boss, my direct boss, was the commanding officer of Third Battalion, Fifth Special Forces Group, and I worked on his direct staff. And his name was Lieutenant Colonel Max Bowers. Well, cut to many many years later, uh, I was asked to be part of a movie called 12 Strong, uh, which was based on that unit's particular mission of taking mazar sharif which is where I joined him in mazar sharif And I ended up playing Lieutenant Colonel Max Bowers in the movie. So I ended up playing my old boss in the movie, which is surreal and kind of funny. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great movie and uh, got to work with uh, some really talented people. So it was, it was fun.
0: From your time in the Marines, what are some good leadership traits that, that you saw?
1: There are a lot of, there's a lot of things to think about, and there's a lot of leadership principles, uh, a lot of leadership. There's a lot of ethos that goes along with leadership, but the, what I've discovered over the years is it all, it all starts with you. It starts with you. So don't look outward if you're going to be a leader. Start with yourself. So that's where it all begins. That's, that's your foundation. So what does that mean? Know yourself. Know yourself really take time to analyze yourself. What, what are you good at? What are you strong? Where are you, what are you the best at? What are you better than most at? All right. That's good. Write that down. Understand it. What are you weak at? What are you not good at? And be honest with yourself. And if you're like, I'm great. I'm awesome. I don't have any weaknesses. Go ask somebody. <laughs> I'm sure somebody might have a suggestion for you on where you could improve because that's that's a big part of it. Is you got to know yourself and then you got to seek self-improvement. And you got to understand that there's no finish line. There's no finish line in life, in work, in 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 most things. Most of the big things there's no finish line. You you you're always moving forward and you're always trying to improve. So that would be my my first suggestion is to know yourself and seek self-improvement and from there once you you get a handle on yourself and a lot of confidence uh, based on what you can do well and what you need to work on, then you can take on some more responsibility, like helping others and serving others, and and that's a good place to start.
0: Well, and it's it's funny because I you know I sent you the email this morning with this idea, and and I thought it seemed far fetched that there could be some similar leadership traits between the Marines or any branch of the military and entertainment, but the way you sum up leadership,
1: it can apply to everybody
0: in whatever field.
1: Uh, Well, every field and every organization needs a leader. (laughs) It needs leadership. I mean, if you really break it down and think about it, all all things rise and fall on leadership. They really do. Pick an organization, the Marine Corps, the Royal, look what Dayton did. You know, Mm. we have a great leader in Dayton, right? And look, look at the results. I never thought the Royals would make it back to the World Series in my lifetime. <laughs> and then we made it to two back to back. So, you know, phenomenal. Same thing with the Chiefs, you know, like and, and same thing with the United States. You know, it it, it rises and falls on leadership. And so you, you want good leaders and leadership can be taken out to the macro as far as nations, but it can take it down to the micro as far as yourself. That's why it all starts with you. It starts with the individual. And taking responsibility for yourself, which is scary. If it goes if it goes great, great. If it goes bad, I still have to own it. Personal responsibility is tough, but it is the first step in becoming successful, in my humble opinion.
0: Well, and one thing that, that Dayton really stresses, uh, it's never I, unless you screw up, and then he uses the word I. I messed up. I should have done this. I, You know, when, when things are going well, when you're doing well, when when you when the accolades are coming in, it's we, whatever. But when I screw up, it's me and
1: I. You know, you bring up a great point and, and I'm glad you hear that because success leaves clues. It just does. So if you're out there and you are wanting to be successful, if you're wanting to be a leader, if you're hungry for it, you have this desire for it, there are all kinds of examples of men and women uh, out there that are unbelievable leaders that have done it already. Model them you know read their books read their biographies they you know, you can learn so much about how they solved problems and what their thought process was and how they rose to unbelievable challenges yeah success leaves a lot of clues and if you're savvy you can go you can go find them and save yourself a lot of time and trouble <laughs> right <laughs>
0: exactly we'll have more with actor and comedian rob riggle coming up right after this this is Royals General Manager Dayton Moore. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. My wife, Marianne, and I started See You in the Major Leagues in 2014. We did so simply as a way to give back to Kansas City. Because of our generous supporters, we've been able to grant more than $1 million to more than 60 organizations. If you're one of our supporters, I say thank you. If you're not, but you'd like to be one, please visit seeyouinthemajorleagues.org or simply click on the link in the show's notes. Now back to
1: the podcast.
0: Who have been a couple mentors in your life that that uh, have made an impact maybe since high school or college and and, and throughout your professional career?
1: My dad, for sure, uh, first and foremost. He's been a, a, a big impact. He's just such a, an unbelievable leader. You wouldn't know it because uh, he'll never tell you, but his leadership style is the best I've ever seen in my life because he set the example. That's all he had to do. He just set the example and lived his life in a certain way. And I just gravitated towards it, I thought. And I still think he does it right. So I would say he's probably my first, most important and most powerful mentor. Uh, of course, I had coaches in high school and, and um, all through school. I had coaches that pushed me beyond my perceived limits. We all have limits in our mind. Like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't do another push up or I can't do another lap or I can't do another. I'm done. I'm done. You even say it out loud to yourself. I'm done. I'm done. You're not done. You're not even close to done. You don't even know what done is. And I learned that through my coaches. Um, I learned that in the Marines. I learned that through my drill instructors and I've learned it from my fellow Marines. So yeah, I I have, I've had some really great people and it's, you know, I've had great people in show business, you know, I've learned from some of the best Uh, uh, John Stewart was such a great patient teacher of comedy and writing and, and, uh, you know, other actors, um, and acting teachers that I've had, you know, really if they're patient and they're willing to work with them. Also, I'll be honest, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a kind of a history nerd. I, I love history. And I, I, I read, uh, Theodore Roosevelt biography. It's a big old fat book. I never thought I'd read a book that size in my life and love it. It was one of the greatest reads I've ever had in my life. It was, he inspired me in so many ways. So yeah, you know, there's all kinds of possible mentors out there. All kinds.
0: Well, and one of the mentors in our program, Peggy Bales, is a uh, longtime Shawnee Mission School District teacher and a fellow Raider. She's recently retired as a teacher. But uh, she wanted us to ask, as you think back to high school, because a lot of these students are going to have teachers and coaches who who mean a lot to them was there uh, a most memorable teacher or most memorable moment for you in high school
1: yeah I mean I had a lot of great teachers Strong Mission South back in the day and, and hopefully still to this day you know we had great teachers I, I remember a couple of them uh, coach Cooper coach Cooper called me my sophomore year and asked me to come out and play football and I said oh I'm too small you know I don't want to I'm too small I'll get killed out there and he said, "No, you're not." He filled me with confidence, and he made me take the chance, and and so I did. And it turned out that was the best, one of the best decisions I ever made because it filled me with such confidence. It gave me a ton of friends. It, it was a, a way for me to mature and uh, grow up a little bit, become more self-disciplined. Anyway, it, it was a it was a great thing. And had he not taken the time to call me and mm-hmm. talk to me and 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 encouraged me, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it, my mind was made up, I wasn't gonna play. And so I'm, I'm forever grateful to him for taking the time to reach out and push me. Also, uh, Mr. Ashton was an English teacher our sophomore year, and he was this very articulate and very theatrical type of teacher, but he made it fun. You know, going to his classroom was fun. He would read the Shakespeare and read, you know, whatever story we were reading, and he made it interesting. Uh, you know, he grabbed your attention and, and he was unorthodox. And it was, it was fun. It was just fun to go to his class. You know, 10th grade English is not fun. And yet it was, he made it fun to go to his class. And that alone speaks volumes about the teacher. You know, if a teacher can make you want to go to his class or at least not dread it, right. they're doing something right. Miss McNamara, was uh, the in charge of the radio and television station. And she was very patient because we were terrible students. Uh, but she was a very patient lady with that. And she, she held you accountable. And I think that was a big growing up lesson, you know, mm-hmm. is you can't go into a room. You couldn't go into a room with excuses because she wasn't going to have them. And so it made you plan ahead. All of a sudden you're like, oh, you know what? I've got Ms. McNamara's class. I, I better get that thing done or she's going she's gonna to ride me hard in front of the class. You started to learn responsibility, and you can't always serve everything up with a smile. Sometimes you've got to have somebody hold you accountable. And, right. and then I remember Mr. Menser. He was a, a math teacher. I do remember his, his patience with me. He showed a lot of grace <laughs> towards me. And it was great uh, because I I was, you know, I was failing his class. I was not good at his class. And uh, my mom used to uh, drive me to school early um, and drop me off and make me go into his class before school started and sit down with him one-on-one and work with him. And he appreciated it. And as a result, he took the time and patience to help me get through geometry and get through Algebra two. And uh, he was you know, it takes a lot of patience and, yeah. uh, and effort. So yeah, I'm always grateful to those guys for that. All right,
0: students, you guys
1: are up. Oh. All right. Karen. All right. What's the biggest lesson you learned in the Marines that, have, that helps you out today? Never quit. Never quit. Uh, I still apply that every day. Uh, and you can do way more than you think you can do. There's, I, I learned a lot, a lot, a lot of incredible lessons in the Marine Corps, uh, things that, uh, I carry with me every day, but probably the biggest one, the one that stands above all others is never quit. And that means on everything, whatever you're doing. Sydney. An important part of the seats in our seats in program is a community service project. uh, And you continue to still give back to the Kansas city uh, community with big slick and other events. Why is giving back so important to you? Service has always been a part of my family. It's always been part of my, my life. It's something I believe in. I think it it has to be part of your equation in this world. You don't have to be successful, powerful. You just have, it has to be part of your mindset. And what I've found in my life is that the more you give, the more you get. But I do believe that service to others has has to be part of any success uh, equation. Well, Rob, thank you so much for doing this. It is my honor to be with you guys.
2: There you have it, Matt. That's the third or fourth time I've heard the interview. I've picked up nuggets from each one. I've become a huge Rob Riggle fan. Matter of fact, watched Holy Moly for the first time just last night. What would you think? Uh, I don't think I'm the target audience for Holy <laughs> Moly. <laughs> but Rob was terrific.
0: We hope that you enjoyed this interview with Rob and picked up a new idea or two that you can apply to your leadership or... Uh, as you're mentoring others. So thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to Rob Riggle. And for now, we'll drop a new episode every two weeks. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an interview. And in the meantime, if you have comments about this episode or suggestions for potential guests, you can send us a comment through our website, Facebook page, and so on. And if you or your company would like to underwrite this podcast, let me know. Until next time, for Max Utsler, this is Matt Folks with the CU in the Major Leagues Foundation saying be safe and take care.
1: We hope you've enjoyed and been educated and inspired by this episode of the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Podcast. Brought to you by Dayton Moores, see You in the Major Leagues Foundation. For more information about see You in the Major Leagues or the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program, visit in the major Leagues.org. That's the letter C, Leagues.org.